Fuck me. Well, fuck me. Fuck me. Hello, foot nerds, and welcome to another installment of the Foot Me podcast. I am your host, TJ, here with our special weekend wild card edition. We are Back to covering and recapping the FC Pro event. We are talking about Group A, uh, round two, that took place on the 8th of January. So we're going to be uh, looking at the contest itself, who was there, what happened, and then our takeaways uh, from that. So uh, thanks for stopping down for a little uh, off-brand uh, you know, the pro tour is definitely not mid tier, mid level or mid, but uh, I think a lot of us that, uh, you know, think about this game a lot and spend time playing it, uh, we can get some information from watching higher end players play, uh, as I've mentioned before, frequently, they may be doing things that are, you know, hard for us to understand or that there are multiple, uh, things going on that you're unable to see immediately from watching their gameplay that's hard to integrate into the game. But I do think there are plenty of takeaways. Plus, I think it's uh, entertaining. They've definitely uh, taken on some ways to make it a little bit more varied this year, um, including the formats and things like that, which uh, we'll be uh, getting into. So, um, Welcome back for those of you that have uh, been uh, around, you know, that we've been talking about this, uh, the, the past first round that they had. This is the second round of it. And just to kind of recap what this culminates in, uh, after group A, B, C, and D play this second round, the top two in each of the groups that have five in it automatically advance into what's a quarter finalist uh bracket the top seeds will play against the second seeds and then after that it's a move win move on lose go home kind of uh, knockout bracket that will be uh, established if you are third or fourth in the group although you won't be moving forward this year you are automatically uh qualified for next year's uh seeding tournament so you don't have to like this year they get to get it up into division four and x y or z and then make it through some knockouts or things you get to to bypass that if you're fifth in the group then you get to start all over just like you did at the beginning of this year and so there's something to play for clearly if you're first or second but even third and fourth are there's something on the line and so that's kind of adds an element to all of the uh, seating. With all of that being said, um, this group was one that when they started off, we had two that were clearly at the top of the group. We had uh, Mark 11, who was the auto qualifier, who ended up going over and uh, going to the bottom of the group with Hildalgo and Lucas settling there kind of in the middle. And so uh, lots of different questions coming out about what was going to happen with this group. How was it going to play out? What is it going to look like having day 
you know, round two, uh, this being a whole new format and a new way that the pros are, are playing into stuff. And so um, as per every week, uh, they have a different format than any of the other weeks in terms of what they could draft and their budget and things along those lines. So let's uh, get into that now. Um, I will say that prior to this, I was in a Mark 11 stream and it asked about the dread when they know. And apparently about three days ahead of time, they'll know like whenever they release the draft online uh, is when they get it. And so uh, for those of you that don't know, if you go to the FC pro live uh, webpage, which sometimes works better than other times, GGEA, um, you can go to the draft or draft preview or whatever, and there is, I believe it'll be on Thursday of the week. It usually pops up Thursday or Friday. You can go in and you can do your own version of the draft. And so you can see what the requirements are, what do they have to meet, what are the the budgets, things along those lines. So, um, But the reason you're listening to this is so you don't have to go check that information out. And I am here for that. So what was this week's format? All right. It was an 8 million coin budget. So a little higher than some of the other, uh, ones that we've had leading up to this. Um, they were limited to only having one card from each promo, uh, which meant there were five, uh, gold Mbappes and there were five, uh, blue or green BVDs. Uh, after that, you had also Hansen in all five teams, either as the um, her, her red or her inform. So either her rule breakers or uh, the inform Hansen was in all five squads as well. Uh, Bellingham was in four in some former format. Uh, Janola, Valverde, Potelis ended up uh, in three of the five, uh, which then does push us into an area that's a, a little different. I think this format was a bit of a W in that the teams were not as identical or, you know, there wasn't 75% was the same. There were a lot more variations, uh, whether that be uh, in the center back roles or who you were pairing up with BVD, whether that was Thunderstuck Veron in a couple of cases, uh, company made an appearance. Uh, the keeper situation was a little bit more flexible. Shemichael Vandesar, a few of those floating around in there. Uh, and, uh, you know, Pele was picked uh, by one player is relatively uh, more expensive. You see that uh, two of them had uh, bronze, silver, and a uh, gold common all on the, the bench to, to help them out. I will say if uh, those of you that are Price is Right fans, um, Umut is the one who got closest to the pin here. Um, out of the $8 million, or $8 million, out of the 8 million coin budget, Umit's team cost 7,999,750 coins. So uh, was the closest, you know, there were a few in the 799.8 range. So most everybody uh, used all of their coins for, for this one. So maybe something that we learned uh, in weeks past where a few folks maybe left a few coins on the table that uh, you want to make sure you're, you're trying to maximize that strategy. 
Um, in terms of Kim Watch, out of the five, we did have one uh, actual full Kim team. So that was Lucas. He had a 33 Kim team, whereas uh, Yomez had like a 25 Kim team as our low. The others range between 29 and 28. So um, part of that, because they're using radioactive players and icons and heroes, kind of helps along those ways. But again, Max Kim, not important, but no Kim also you know, not a thing. So I, I think there is, uh, it's, it's a bonus. It's a buffer. It's something they think about, but it certainly doesn't, you know, drive everything. So now based on those teams in that format, what we were looking at is Yilmez and Umat who were going into this, like I said, clearly at the top, uh, with three wins and a tie. And then you had Hildalgo uh, with his 2-0-2 record, Lucas 1-0-3, Mark 0-0-4 coming into this. Now, as you can imagine, they then sat for a month, watched the others, did other things, watched, you know, there was a patch. They've been playing. You know, some of them are content creators. Some of them are in other kind of competitive modes and things along those lines. Uh, so there was a lot to think about coming into this. They also um, did a little bit more in terms of background and what they were doing and, you know, what uh, facility, how long they were on the in the facility, things along those lines that, uh, you know, was a little bit more pulling back the curtain to, to get an idea. Since they've all been through it once and done it, you would assume that the nerves and things that might have been there, now they kind of know that it's old, you know, old hat. Uh, maybe if you're coming in and you're, you know, a Hidalgo or a Lucas and you're trying to, you know, you have a chance, especially Hidalgo, to, uh, you know, get up into that top two and actually promote, uh, you certainly want to make sure you're holding on to three and four that you don't fall down and uh, trade places with, you know, Mark and have to, you know, qualify for next year. So everybody had a little bit of a different mindset possibly coming into this. Uh, and so it was interesting to see how that was going to shake out. What ended up happening is it stayed in the exact same order but not in as straightforward of a way as you might think so uh Yumas and umut played and actually that is one of the better games i don't necessarily i don't know if you're listening to this if me telling you who won or lost ends up being a spoiler that would prevent you from going back and watching it or if you listen to this because that way you don't have to go back and watch it or you're i, I don't know anyway Really good game, uh, worth checking out. Definitely two of the you know more competitive uh, guys on the scene. They play against each other a lot. This was brought up on the uh, the actual broadcast because they're in so many tournaments and you get that deep at so many tournaments, you're going to run into each other. So they have quite a history with each other, and you know I thought it was one of the more you know consummate matches. That being said, there is by far the most Mbappe of Mbappe things that happen in this match in which Mbappe shoots into a defensive player who then blocks the ball and then Mbappe just takes it from him and then puts it in the goal. So, I mean, it is the quintessential bounce back, rebound, tackle, kidding, just kidding, you know, meta that we ha all face on a basis of playing, whether you're in rivals or weekend league or whatever, you know, this goal happens and it happened uh, here on the pro stage in a land with all of those things that uh, you could, could think of that uh, are, you know, safeguards or whatever in place. So I do think that that is one of the things that we 
can take away is that when these pros, top tier skill level type players are still having to fight through those things. And when you have two people at the same skill level, whether that's high, medium or low, you know, these can be the things that end up deciding the match. In this particular, it was not. I do believe it was a uh, it was at least a two two goal deficit. But it's still very frustrating when you feel like you've done everything right, and the payoff is they get a goal. So um, that I thought that was an interesting takeaway. But again, you can watch the whole broadcast again on YouTube if you want to see the whole you know three hour and forty eight minute you know put together, which includes the breaks and all their you know you know prognostications and discussions of the FC Pro stuff, which will you know the cards and the market. And we'll get to that here in a minute, and you know the production and so forth but uh despite there being all kinds of potential at the end of the day yumez comes out on top whom it goes in in second hidalgo and lucas third and fourth with mark um 11 coming up uh in in fifth spot and hidalgo like i said had a a, a chance was in a position was you know tightened some games and then uh they got away from him lucas also uh, you know, very emotional player, high when he's high, lows when he's low. And he, he really uh, ended up, uh, you know, kind of seeing his chance to advance go away kind of early in terms of a match result. And you could see that he really wore that on his face, but was able to then turn around and, and perform really well after that. So kudos to him. But I will say clearly, you know, uh, congratulations and all praise to Yilmaz and Umut who are going to move on and have a chance to, uh, you know, win the whole thing. And either one of them could absolutely do it depending on the day and the the matchup and the format and all of those things. Both of them, you know, consummate professionals, lots of experience that uh, are, are going to be in a, you know, in, in a good spot. That being said, by far the most entertaining and the the most like mark was the one who stood out to me so mark 11 if uh you don't know he's from oceana uh like i said was uh, i believe got second in the uh world championships uh earlier which is why he was auto qualified um didn't necessarily have as long on this version of the game going into it and that kind of showed in week one and you know he looked very dejected and unhappy um coming into this week though man you want to talk about just a great attitude based on where he was at and uh, the position that he was in you know played all of these games you know to very tough uh you know got uh, his first win uh you know took some people to some really, you know, kind of tough games. Also, like some of the goals that he gave up were ones that he could have very easily gotten, you know, irate at, but did not. Um, and just kind of kept his cool and kept plugging along and was just, a, you know, what I thought was uh, just a, a, a great attitude and a great demonstration of, you know, what it means to be a sportsman um, and uh, our activity and things along those lines. If you don't follow him um, on uh, X, it's at Mark, M-A-R-R-K-K-11-11. 
underscore. So M-A-R-R-K-K-1-1 underscore. That's his uh, X. You can also find him streaming. He does a lot of uh, weekend leagues where, you know, he hasn't lost a weekend league game in something like months and he plays on multiple accounts. So I think he's like 260 and O or something like that. You can find those on YouTube as well. So um, I would encourage you to, uh, you know, really support him. I thought, uh, you know, just personality wise and like his reactions and just, he's a very affable dude. Like, uh, if you're looking for someone to, to check out or haven't really, you know, in terms of folks that are on the pro scene, things like that, I would, uh, you know, we all know who an Anders are, things like that. And, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, and why, uh, folks gravitate towards that, whether, you know, that's for them to determine, but I would, definitely encourage you um if you're looking for someone to just kind of support or have on your radar um i would uh you know say that mark 11 is is one that i think uh will will be competitive and showing up in a lot of these others and even aside from that i think has great potential in terms of you know content the way he interacts with stream just his overall personality i think he is uh you know somebody we're going to see for a while if he decides that he wants to keep doing this so um Anyway, uh, whenever we, uh, just to, you know, kind of follow on, uh, to, to that, like I said, I really enjoyed, you know, Mark had a, uh, you know, ended up beating Lucas, uh, and, uh, that was, you know, kind of was what knocked Lucas probably out of being able to advance, but then, um, he ended up rebounding against Hidalgo the next game. And that's kind of what kept Hidalgo from being able to advance. Um, and so it was, you know, this kind of, you know, this war of attrition, I think we're going to see this in the coming weeks. Some of them are a little closer. And so, uh, it might be, we're going to find out it's going to be a little bit less certain and it may take us longer to figure it out. To be honest, about two hours in, we pretty much knew who was advancing and who was going to be in third and fourth. And we were just going through, um, some of the motions, I don't think that'll be true, uh, for the other ones. And even though those games might've not been for as big a stakes, they were still some really, you know, quality gameplay and you getting a chance to see a number of players being used that aren't typically used in these kinds of pro formats and pro tournaments. So again, I think the Uma Yuma's match, uh, two hours, if you're watching the full thing, it's about two hours in, uh, one's, you know, one of their main kind of, you know, the. I guess keystone match or your your main match that they were going to want to have you kind of you know be watching since it's the two top at the table and you know uh great to see them do it of course little to no matter whether whichever won or lost uh as that was going on again um as we transition from just talking about the performances and the gameplay i think now is a good time to talk a little bit about presentation you know we usually stop down and talk about how they've decided to you know put on their show clearly esports tries to model after nani or just sports so we see a little bit of that with the desk and so forth uh we're doing a standing version versus a sitting version and i know that's there's a reason for all of these things uh this week there was a like a alluded to earlier more of uh them walking into the studio like you know not and by that not just the coming down the tunnel to sit at their chair but like them coming to the facility like the getting off the bus kind of things that you would see at an nfl game or uh possibly uh football, uh, basketball, things like that, them walking through the tunnel to the dressing room, things like that. Uh, 
a little bit more of that. Uh, they were, you know, pregame interviews, which we started to see pop up a little bit there. Um, we're uh, playing around a little bit, I think, with the wardrobe of the folks that are the the commentators and folks that are on the desk. Uh, continue to to do that and figure out the best way to to get the most out of it. They uh, moved away from the. Uh, goal sounds and things that they were playing around with music wise. So I do think it's interesting that that this is a canvas for them, that they're continuing to like do things with on a weekly basis to try to get better and improve the same time when it comes to the game and other stuff, there may be a little bit, you know, let's wait till next year. Of course, I do think we're seeing EA react a lot faster and a lot quicker um, in terms of uh, catering to the community, uh, in terms of what it's maybe putting in um, packs or SBCs or things like that in order uh, to answer to things that they've definitely seen folks say, hey, we could do better at this. And I feel like they're doing the same. They're watching these broadcasts like, oh, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. I'm sure there are some folks involved that have a broadcast history um, that are providing insight and information and suggestions. And they're just continuing to, to work through this as a, you know, young uh, in terms of production. You know, a lot of these folks, whether you're a League of Legends or whatever, if you go back and watch some of their first you know, streamed events, things like that. They have lots of issues and, you know, they've kind of worked on a number of things to kind of, you know, hone uh, that. And I think uh, this is something we're going to continue to see as FC Pro and Pro Live and tournaments and EA and all of this continues to, to push things out. During the uh, presentation, they went over the nominees for Team of the Year, men's and women's. And so they had a chance to talk about those. Uh, and let people know about the voting. I'll be interested to see if uh, it increases voting, but since the people that are likely to watch this are already pretty hardcore, my guess is maybe a little, but who knows? I think at the time that I was watching, this was around 100K, maybe 150, which is a drop-off from the 250 and things that we saw earlier whenever we first launched this. So will it be able to retain? Will we see like a hundred K for the next few weeks and then it'll jump back up was, Oh, I forgot it was coming back. And so now you'll be more on top of it. Hard to say. Um, but hopefully you were able to watch and get your rewards this time. It's like a two players pack and a gold pack of some sort so and if you do all of those you eventually get another big one and again if you ever miss any watch the rebroadcast the rebroadcast on twitch or the rebroadcast on on youtube you can't just go watch the downloaded bod that doesn't work but they will rebroadcast pretty quickly after uh they conclude and so if you just watch that for an hour that can also um get you what you need in terms of uh your claims for the objectives and stuff like that um now uh it, fc pro was uh unique in that they attached some live cards to them and we talked a little bit about these uh every week and so just as a uh, kind of test this being the first run through i thought there might be some interesting data you would want to to know about based on some of these prices so for example we knew that umat uh umat 
Umit and uh, was going to advance. His uh, player was the Lodi SBC. I think he gets another one on top of that. So if you did that and you run a La Liga team, not La Liga, a league un team, uh, and he's around, then you might want to check that out. He's probably going to get a plus one upgrade, so you might want to use him. Um, and then Yilmaz had uh, the Malin card, which was one of the items that, Early on, folks were like, oh, this would be a good one to invest in. It's so cheap. He's got a good chance to move on. It's going to get a bunch of upgrades. And that's exactly what's happened, right? You know, you know, uh, he's moving on. It's going to get upgraded to an 88. Right now it's an 87. Um, and uh, prior to the tournament, uh, it was trading around 30K. And now that he has... Uh, moved on is going to guarantee jump up from 87 to 88 it is now trading at 40k which isn't nothing but uh, also if you were thinking this is going to be some gigantic return yikes unfortunately those were the two that actually you know did well Hildago and Lucas were in a very unique situation in that if you were speculating that one of them could make it out, that would end up being a bump to the card. Or if they could get to 10 points, which, you know, Hildago was going to be really like he was set up to where he had a chance uh, to get um, to the, the 10 points that he needed to move on or to get the upgrade um, that was necessary for his card. Unfortunately, Hildago ended up with nine points and then Lucas seven, Mark six. So what that ended up meaning is that uh, Hildago did not get the bonus or the upgrade for his card. And so um, this was the 87 Mane that was trading at 404K prior to Monday and is now at 207k. So, uh, you know, lost almost 200k from not having a chance. Now you were already rolling the dice that that was going to like hit, but that 404k, it would be hard to assume. I guess maybe it would go up to maybe five, six. I don't know if you were likely going to gain 200 or lose 200. If it would go both directions, we'll never know. But it ended up uh, losing some points. Uh, Lucas had the 88 Colo Muani, who actually dropped from 380 down to 300K. So, again, an 80K loss. But, um, you know, a, a, he was in third, less likely to kind of move up. The idea that it would be a little less volatile makes sense. And so the real big kind of risk-reward option, I guess, was Hildago, and it turned out to be all risk, no reward. So, um, unfortunately, if you invested a lot in uh, Mane's, uh, you are, you know, suffering today. And I apologize, especially since that 404k investments are, you know, that's that that's a lot. Like if you bought ten uh, Malins for like 300k, and then you sell them for 400k minus five percent, you know, you're, you know. That's that's not bad. It's a 300k to get back, you know, 60 or 70k at the end of the day. So, um, but uh, so if that was what you did, great job, congratulations. Um, I hope that uh, works out for you. Um, but I do think this is going to be an area that maybe EA looks at next year in terms of are we waiting too long to upgrade these? You know, clearly they could all go into Ebos, and that's a whole nother you know kettle of fish and 
you know, speculation, but, um, might EA opt to give them new cards for round two that could, you know, increase the hype and keep things going, you know, would, has there been enough hype over the cards for these round two that have been around since round one that, you know, are justifying this or did they really just want to get people interested early on and they figure if they hook them, then that would keep them watching moving forward. Hard to say what their overall intent was. Maybe we see the exact same thing next year. Maybe it gets a little bit tweaked. Um, I do think uh, a refresh of some sort uh, would be a, an, an interesting way of, of keeping it active, adding live cards in, keeping people interested in the pro tournament that maybe a whole lot of folks that either didn't do the SBCs or picked one that's already kind of flopped, they're now out of it. So like, you know, why would they bother coming back? Maybe that's even why we, you know, lost a hundred K viewers from the, you know, early on to, to now. So could something as simple as a refresh on like new card, uh, new birth, new, whatever moving forward uh, might be uh, something they look at. So I know they're going to have another FC pro tournament and they'll attach new cards to that. Maybe they will be purple. Maybe there'll be something different. Maybe they'll tweak some things about it, but either way, um, you know, an interesting element with that being said, they were still trying to talk up on the broadcast about how like, Oh, trading in Maitlands and people are buying Maitlands. And how's the Maitland thing going? I, I feel like they're trying a little too hard there at this point, especially given that there's not that much trade or volatility when it comes to, you know, these cards and stuff like that. Again, there was the mystery nation, which at first somebody was suggested might've been like Argentina. I think they, I think it turned out to be Korea. If you were looking for that, it's under Republic of Korea. For those of you that don't know the way the world works and you're like, I could never find Korea. Um, look under R for Republic, um, or is it under K? And but it still says Republic of Korea. I don't know. It's been a while since I've had to look it up. But anyway, um, I believe that was the one with some finesse shots. You got like an eighty-three player pick, or not even a pick, an eighty-three player pack with one eighty-three in it. So if you did that and knocked it out the park, congratulations. No, I didn't do that. So anyway, and if you were, you know. I guess uh, we could just say that Mark's card was that Jinru card that was an SBC that nobody did and no one really cared about. So no, no harm, no foul there. Anyway, uh, you know, and all in all, I'm looking forward to as this progresses on. Again, we got Group B next week, then C and D, and we'll have a different kind of version. We'll know like on Friday what uh, what their draft is going to look like get a chance to to watch and 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 see how this goes and then of course we're going to you know setting us up for uh the final I think that's going to be maybe around the the 10th or the 17th I'm not exactly sure I still need to look into that but I know the next 3 weeks we have uh these groups to set up and and, and get our our bracket set out so that we can then uh, have a, a tournament to finish up, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. And I think the more you're watching up until the tournament, the more involved you will be in said tournament. So if nothing else, just kind of catching up and keeping up with it's going to make uh, whenever the, the the big tournament comes up, I think it'll make it even that much more 
exciting, entertaining. If nothing else, the idea that if you know the personalities of the folks that are there, if you have somebody that you enjoy, that's not just like a flag or, you know, is like has a card that you want or whatever, that when you can start to kind of see their personality and identify play styles and start relating to particular folks, that's how you become a fan of them. You know, some of us are fans of teams because of geographic location to them. Uh, because of uh, relationships that we had in terms of our family and a history of supporting particular groups. Uh, and with something clearly like this, there's none of that, right? Maybe it's geographic because you're Australian, you'll support Australians. Or if you're an American, you'll support I don't know who you support because no Americans are, you know, at the those top tiers. It's the same problem if you're watching StarCraft or League of Legends and you're rooting for NA, it's almost like, uh-oh. It's like, nah, because you're not going to, you know, kind of move forward. But the more that we watch, the more that we get into this, the more that we kind of add some kind of era to it, the more likely we are to see you know, people getting more motivated and moving into it and adding an element of like, this is something they want to do. And it pushes and, you know, iron sharpens iron. And maybe someday we do have like some NA folks that are in there, you know, holding their own and, you know, taking some names and playing soccer instead of football. But all in all, I would say that, you know, presentation's been good. The competition's been good. Um, the format's definitely been interesting for, you know, those of us that like to get into those types of things. It's really neat to look at all the drafts and some of the cards that they're using and uh, determining if those are cards that either you have or you want to try or maybe someone you've been looking at for a while, like, oh, well, maybe that pushes you over the top. Um, so you can always go back and look at those. But again, I would encourage you, if you haven't watched it, you know, check out some of those games. You can watch them individually or you can watch the whole thing. But uh, all in all, I would have to say, uh, you know, looking forward to, to Group B and C and then eventually getting into to the thing. So it is taking a while, but I think uh, it will be uh, worth the wait. So, again, I want to thank you for uh, stopping in for this weekend wildcard edition. Again, if you are a modder of uh, your controllers, make sure you check out extremerate.com. They have uh, some, uh, you know, all kinds of modding options for your modding needs. You can use FootMe at checkout. You get a little discount and I get a little discount. So uh, scratching backs would be awesome. Um, and again, uh, I know I made this call out on the the my midway or the, the other pod that I do on Mondays, the other episode. But if you are a small creator, or an up-and-coming creator, or a, whether YouTube, Twitch, whatever that's in the uh, foot universe, and you would like to be uh, spotlighted or be have a chance to kind of, uh, you know, share your story and get, you know, a little bit more exposure, uh, please reach out to me on uh, X. You can send me a message there at TJ underscore W-H-I-Z. Um, and we'd uh, love to maybe put you on an episode uh, where I'm trying to promote those kinds of things and get, you know, the community behind some of our, uh, you know, local creators, if you will, our local ecosystem of creators, you know, the foot me ecosystem of creators. So anyway, um, it's been uh, wonderful getting a chance to, to share this with you. There's not a whole lot of other folks that I can nerd out and talk about, a, you know, competitive online 
FIFA tournament. So uh, thanks for uh, stopping down with that. And uh, hopefully you'll uh, pop back in next uh, weekend when we cover uh, the B group and all of that implies. But uh, until then, hopefully your weeks go well, your weekends go even better, and you don't find yourself in a situation where you have to turn around, look up and just say, foot me. Foot me.